You know, as we entered the second week of Do You Hear What I Hear, the idea is what if the Christmas story actually took place today? The coming of a child being born, surrounded by unusual supernatural events, unexplainable events. When people watch this video, the question is, do you hear it? Do you hear what I hear? Do you believe? And in the culture that the story of Christmas, of what took place with the coming of Christ, there were people who heard, there were people who believed, and there were people who didn't. Today, what I want to do is continue this story. I want to go back to what took place over 2,000 years ago. And I believe that God is still speaking through his word as we read this Christmas story. Last week, we learned some interesting things. I want you to turn, if you have a Bible or a phone, and go with me to Luke chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 4, jump to verse 8, and go through 14. And this is a description of when the angels appeared to shepherds who were out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night in this small little town called Bethlehem. Chapter 2, verse 4 simply says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. Verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, and I want everyone to say this with me. Let's join the song of the angels. Ready? Sing it, say it with me. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. I want to take a moment and pray. I want you to bow your heads. Holy Spirit, this morning, whether we're here in this room or we're part of the church campus that are in Detroit and England and the Czech Republic and Charlotte and Lord Phoenix, all over the country, all over the world, Lord, we take a moment to pause. And Lord, I ask that you would open our hearts, open our ears, our eyes to receive what you're saying today. We want to hear the song. <laughs> we, we want faith to arise, to believe that what you said is true. At this Christmas season, in Jesus' name, can somebody say amen? What is he saying? What is this message, this passage telling us today? Last week we learned that this story, it's saying that God uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary. Remember there was an innkeeper who walked by an ordinary couple in an ordinary town with an ordinary stable, an ordinary manger, and he missed the extraordinary thing that God was saying, that a Messiah had come. And that you and I often in our lives, we get so busy with life and we get so busy in our routine that we may be walking by extraordinary supernatural things that God is doing right in front of us, but we don't see it because our eyes are closed, our ears are closed to the extraordinary work of God because they're hidden right in the middle of our ordinary. 
God wants to bring the extraordinary right into your ordinary. This week, as I meditated on this passage, Lord, what is it that you're saying to us? The Lord gave me a thought, and it's an interesting phrase. It might be hard to understand, but I'll unpack it as the morning goes along. I believe as I read this passage, here's what God wanted to say. Here's the bumper sticker for the weekend. And it's simply this. I believe God is saying to you and me that he wants us, ready, write this down if you're taking notes, to hear through your fear. God wants you to hear through your fear. You know, if we read the story of Christmas, it begins with Mary, right? And Mary was the one chosen by God to have a baby, right? And when the angel appeared to her, the Bible says she was afraid. And the angel had to tell her, Mary, don't be afraid. You've been favored by God. And then her fiancé, Joseph, he had a dream. When he found out she was pregnant, he wanted to divorce her. But an angel shows up, and what does the angel say? The angel says to Joseph, do not be afraid. Don't fear. Take Mary as your wife. This child is from God. And then the story continues. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along. We're going to go back to Luke chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Luke 2, 9 and 10 says this. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. Who? The shepherds. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord. Guys, can you bring that up for me in Luke chapter 2, verse 9? An angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. You know, shepherds were afraid. And the angels said to the shepherds, guys, you're afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. You know, this word afraid or terrified It's the same Greek word that is used when the angel speaks to Mary and the angel speaks to Joseph. And it's a Greek word that is simply, it's said like this in the Greek, uh, phobeo. It's to be scared, it's to be alarmed, it's to be frightened. It's similar to our word phobeo or phobia, the word phobia. There are lots of phobias or fears. I mean, you know that people are afraid of lots of things. If you're afraid of something, raise your hand. All right. Some of you obviously are afraid of lifting your hand. (laughs) Sorry. Just had to throw that out there. Um, There are weird fears out there. There are people that are afraid. Did you know that there's a phobia? I I couldn't find it this morning, but people are afraid of England. (laughs) There are people who are afraid of heights. I'm one of them. If I get too high, I get afraid of heights. There are people who are afraid of spiders, right? Arachnophobia, right? There, I have a friend who is afraid of needles. In fact, they will go to the dentist and allow the dentist to take a drill into their mouth, a saw into their mouth, you know, pliers into their mouths, twist, pull, saw, all of that stuff with no painkiller because they're more afraid of the needle than the pain. It's true. Let me show you some other phobias. This is called pelidophobia. You know what pelidophobia is? Fear of baldness. And then some people have chactophobia, which is fear of hairy people. 
Maybe you're here today and you have ecclesiophobia. Ecclesiophobia is you're afraid of church. Or maybe you have homilophobia. You're afraid of sermons. You can't wait to get out of here. You're scared to death right now. You know, it's funny as it reminded me of a prank that I pulled years ago with a friend of mine when we were at camp. And there was this girl that uh, we knew were, was afraid of bugs and spiders. And so we came up with this little fake spider and discreetly like put it in her hair. And then we said, oh my God, it's a spider. And she freaked out. I mean, she started screaming and jumping and like batting her hair. I wish I'd have had a camera. It was back before cell phones were on your phone. I mean, uh, you know, cameras were on your phone, right? Videos were on your phone. She was freaking out. She was screaming, ah! And we started laughing and laughing. And then we quit laughing and she kept screaming. And we're like, okay, we're just joking. Didn't matter. She kept screaming. We're like, finally, I had to grab her and shake her and said, it's just a joke. There's no spider. She's like, what? Huh? What? Huh? Here's the point. She couldn't hear me because of her fear. She couldn't hear through her fear. And what's interesting is if you read this story, that's what happens. The angels show up, and when the angels arrive... They say, hey, shepherds, listen, there's good news. We want to tell you something. There's a message from God, but quit being afraid. You're not able to hear us because of your fear. So what I'm wanting to tell you at this Christmas season is you need to learn how to hear through your fear. It's interesting. I began to kind of think about why did God pick shepherds to come and appear to? He could have picked anybody. But you know what, as I was doing some study this week, I actually ran across an article that kind of described it this way about shepherds. Did you know that the job description or part of the job description of a shepherd is to be afraid? Shepherds lived their lives afraid. They were people of fear. You say, well, what do you mean, Pastor Jared? It's interesting. The Bible says in Luke that there were shepherds in the field keeping watch or guarding their flocks by night. The word guard means this in the Greek. It means to preserve. It means to guard from loss or injury by keeping an eye upon, to prevent from escaping, to detain. You see, literally what would happen is the shepherd would sign up for the job and say, I'm going to make sure that I'm constantly afraid that something is going to happen to one of the sheep that gets put in my care. So I'm always going to be watching. I'm always going to be paying attention because I'm afraid that an animal is going to come while we're out in the middle of the field and devour one of my sheep. Or I'm going to constantly be afraid and be watching that one of my sheep might wander off and get lost. I'm going to constantly be watching and afraid, trying to keep what I've been given because one of the sheep might get caught in you know, a bush and we'll move on and I won't notice and then we'll lose one of the sheep. And then when I get to where I need to be and the owner of the flock comes to me, and says, let's keep account of all the sheep. One of them might be missing. I'll lose my pay. I might even lose my job. Shepherds live afraid. Let me ask you a question. What are you afraid of losing? 
What part of your life have you bought into the idea, well, if I just got to keep, I know there's a roaring lion out there, the devil, seeking whom he may devour. He wants to steal, destroy, he wants to rob, and, and so I'm always afraid. Maybe you're living your life this Christmas season, and you're afraid that one day your spouse is going to come up and finally say what you've always thought was going to happen, you know what, I don't love you anymore. Maybe for you, you've been living in fear, waiting for the other shoe to drop, and the other shoe that's going to drop is, you know, the, the employer's going to walk up and say, you know, you haven't been working hard enough and we got to make cutbacks so you're going to lose your job. I'm sorry, you're going to have to find something else. Maybe you've been living in fear, trying to keep what you got and afraid, waiting for the doctor to call because you had your yearly checkup and you just know that he's going to give you the call. Not everybody else in your neighborhood, but you're going to be the one statistically that gets the call and says, I'm sorry, but you have cancer. How many of us live our lives like shepherds? constantly afraid that that bad thing that that thing is going to come and take from us can I can I give you a message of Christmas to help you hear through your fear first or second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 says for God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind God has not intended you to live a life of fear somebody say amen I believe God wants you and I to hear through our fear. And what is it that we need to hear? Well, we know that we don't need to be people of fear, but when we look at the story, the Lord kind of showed me something I hadn't seen before in this passage. I want to read it again. If you have a Bible, you can go there. If not, we'll put it on the screen. And those of you joining us online, why don't you go with me as well? Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11 says, I bring you, this is this, this, the angels, right? They say, hey, quit being afraid. Don't let that fear stop you from hearing. Now, what is it we need to hear? What's the message? I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Here's, they start by saying this. Listen, this news that I'm bringing you, it's going to make you full of joy. It's good news, not bad news. The shoe's not going to drop. This is good news. And you're going to be happy. It's going to fill you with joy. And then he says this in verse 11. Today. Everybody say today. today. Not next week, not tomorrow, not next year. Today. There's good news for you and I if we can just hear through our fear. In the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now, obviously, this message, this good news, that the coming of the Messiah the Lord, is that the Savior will come. Right? We know that if we read the story. For unto you is born a Savior to save us from our sin. But can I tell you, that's not the only characteristic of the Savior. In light of this story, I want to show you a, a thought. Because if you actually go and listen to the Savior, I want you to hear what the Savior had to say. John chapter 10, verse 11 and verse 27, this is what the Savior who came, the good news, this is the good news of the Savior. John 10, I am the good what? I am the good what? I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Verse 27, my sheep, the Savior says, this Messiah, this Lord says, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them 
and they follow me. So here's some of the good news. This might catch you by surprise. The good news is you don't have to be a shepherd. You get to be a sheep. Some of you are like, that's good news? I don't know if that's good news. That sounds like a bad idea to me. Sorry, I couldn't. It was just hanging out there. Had to throw that. Pastor Jared, what is the good news about being a sheep? Why is that good news? I mean, sheep don't, isn't it true that sheep don't have fangs or claws? So if an animal attacks them, they can't even defend themselves? That, that's good news? Wait a minute. Isn't it sheep who can't sustain themselves because they'll actually eat up all the food in the, the area where they are? And if there's not a shepherd to take them to a new area, they'll actually die of starvation? Isn't that what sheep are? Man, I'm feeling good about myself right now. Wait, yeah, aren't sheep the ones that, that don't have a center? They don't have that homing instinct that like cats and dogs have and you know animals have where they can find their way back home. Sheep don't have that. Isn't that a sheep? That's the good news. Wait a minute. The good news is that I'm a sheep. And aren't sheep the ones that grow wool? And if someone doesn't shear the wool off of them, they literally can grow so much wool that it, it, it smothers and suffocates them and they can die. That's the good news? I'm a sheep. I want to give you a thought and kind of develop this a little more for a minute. Here's the thought. Shepherds, now, shepherds live with fear, but sheep live with peace. Now, I'm not suggesting theologically that Jesus... He said he's the good shepherd, lives afraid. We know that earthly shepherds are constantly afraid of losing something, so that's what motivates them to watch and guard. But let's talk about sheep. You see, the Bible says in Psalm 23, the Lord is my, the Lord is my shepherd. I, I, now who's I? I I'm the sheep. The Lord is my shepherd, so I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me by still waters. The shepherd, the one who's called to be the shepherd to the sheep, he leads me by the still waters. He restores my soul. And even when I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear any evil. Because sheep don't have to be afraid. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I can eat in peace. I can walk through a valley of death in peace. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, shepherds, they lead and they feed. Shepherds, they direct and they protect. Isn't it interesting that even Jesus told his disciples, what did he say? It was almost as if as the good shepherd, he was trying to establish the change in priority. And he looked at Peter and John and he said, follow me. Because the shepherd leads and the sheep follow. You see, the reality is that the good news of Christmas is that we don't have to be afraid anymore, and here's why. Because you don't have to be the shepherd. 
You don't have to be the one watching and trying to protect everything. You don't have to be the one who tries to figure out where I need to go and what I need to do. You don't have to be the one that has to figure out how to navigate through the valleys and the hills and watch for the rocks. And why? Because you have someone, you have a shepherd who is watching over you, who is planning for you, who is preparing and protecting you, who is keeping his eyes ever on you and everything that belongs to you. You get to be the sheep because the sheep live in peace. Let the shepherd do the worrying. Let the shepherd watch over. Let the shepherd protect. The good news You don't have to be a shepherd. You get to have peace because the sheep live in peace. Why? Because they have a shepherd. Jesus said in John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So Jesus, this Messiah, this Savior, this Lord who came at Christmas, and here's what he says, peace I leave with you, and peace I give to you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. He is the Prince of Peace. Our shepherd allows us to experience peace. I was laying in bed one night, and I just had one of those funky nights. The family was gone. I was by myself, and I started hearing noises. Anybody ever had that happen? Now, what's really embarrassing about this story, I wasn't 10 years old. I was a grown adult, and I started hearing noises, and I started freaking out. And I'm like, you know what? Someone's in the attic. That's what it is. There's some homeless person that didn't have any place to sleep, and they came up here and they found my house, and while we were gone during the day, they snuck in and they went into the attic so they can get a good night's sleep, and it's warm, and someone in the middle of the night while I'm sleeping is going to come down here and kill me in my sleep. (laughs) I'm thinking these things. And I'm thinking, well, maybe that's not a bad idea. I'm worth way more dead than I am alive. I've got a good policy. Maybe the vet and the kids will be happy. They can find, you know, not really. I've just, I was, I, I was just, my mind was racing. So I go over to the, to, to the garage. I grab a, a, um, a ladder and I come and climb up and look in the attic. Have we ever done something like this? Am I the only one? Come on, y'all. Has anybody ever done that? Raise your hand right now. Okay, come on. Hallelujah. I'm not the only one. Here's the, because of this fear that hit me, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't rest. I couldn't be at peace. But when I settled it and I knew everything was fine, I was able to rest. I want to just make a statement real quickly and bring this to an end. Peace is the absence of fear. God has given you a shepherd to remove your fear so you can walk in peace. I I began to think about this. When God first created the world, he was in the garden with his people, right, Ab and Eve. But because of sin and disobedience, man was removed from the presence of God. And so throughout history, God has been trying to 
get back involved in the life, in the presence of man. And he's done it through different ways. He did it through the priest, right? The priest was a vehicle to be present and close so that man could hear his voice. And so there was a priest to be close to man, to take care of man, to direct man, to guide mankind. And we know that Jesus is a priest. He's the high priest. Not only that, then there was the prophet, right? So he tried the prophet, and the prophet would come and give a word from the Lord. And so we know that, of course, Jesus was a prophet, the the greatest of all prophets. But God has used the priest. He's used the prophet. He's also used the king. God gave his people a king. He's tried all of those things, even up to David. David was a pretty good one. He's done the priest, he's done the the prophet, and he's done the king. And we know that Jesus is a king. In fact, he's the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Amen. But then finally God said, you know what? This is my conjecture, but I, I believe there's enough scripture to maybe back up this idea. That God finally said, you know, I think the best way, of course they're all wrapped up in Jesus, the high priest, the king of kings, the great prophet, but I think... What God might have felt was the best thing was, you know what I think the best thing? I think I'll give my people a shepherd. And here's why. Because shepherds smell like sheep. You can be a priest and be off near the temple. You can be a king and be in a palace. But when you're a shepherd, you have to live with the sheep. And so a shepherd came and he laid down his life for his sheep and he took upon himself the iniquities of the sheep and he took upon himself the infirmities of the sheep and he smelled like sheep. You see, God sent us a shepherd because he wanted you and I to not have to live in fear but to learn how to live with peace. It's time to quit living afraid. It's time to quit living in fear. It's time to finally hear the voice of God in this season. God wants you to hear through your fear, and he wants you to know that he came to bring you peace, peace that passes all understanding, that you can walk in peace even though our world is filled with terrorism and evil and ISIS and all of these things. Peace that will will go above all reason when things aren't quite where they need to be financially and you're not sure about your company and how well they're doing. You can have peace that passes all understanding, but I'm going to tell you, you'll never find peace if you keep trying to be the shepherd. Now, obviously, we all have to take leadership in our life, but too often, we're taking the role that God sent Jesus, the Savior, to take. Maybe we shouldn't be the one trying to direct. Maybe we shouldn't be the one trying to correct. Maybe we shouldn't be the one that's trying to lead. We should say, Lord, I want you to just not be my Savior. I want you to be my Lord.